Welcome back to the third episode of Key Messianic Prophecies. This podcast is brought to you by Telios, a private 501c3 nonprofit foundation dedicated to the research and accurate teaching of the Bible, founded by Bill and Jeanette Stewart in 2001. My name is Cole Burgett. I will be your host for this episode, which will cover Genesis 9, 25-27. In the last episode, we covered Genesis 3.15, wherein God speaks of a specific seed coming from the woman who will do battle with and ultimately defeat the serpent. Now, the language of 3.15 sets the stage for the genealogies which run throughout Genesis. From the woman, we have Cain and his line, which aligns itself with the serpent, and then we also have Seth's line, which leads us to Noah. Now, Noah is a biblical character that we're all familiar with. Through him, God judges the fallen world through the flood. Yet we learn very quickly thereafter that simply wiping out the world does not solve the problem of sin and the human heart. Noah finds himself in another garden. He becomes a drunkard. He ends up naked and ashamed, just like the man and the woman back in Eden. Remember in the garden, as God is effectively kicking the man and the woman out of paradise, before he does so, he makes skins for them to cover their nakedness and their shame. Their own attempts to do so, using leaves essentially, are not adequate. Well, Noah ends up naked and ashamed too. And of his three sons, only two of them have enough regard to cover their father's nakedness. Only two of them understand the significance of shame being covered. The third, however, chooses to make light of it and refuses to cover his father. This leads to Noah making this proclamation in Genesis 9, 25-27. Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants, he shall be to his brothers. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem, and may Canaan be his servant. May God enlarge Japheth, and may he live in the tents of Shem, and may Canaan be his servant. So here we have the sons of Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Shem and Japheth are the two sons who cover their father, while Ham is the son who does nothing. And this Canaan figure is Ham's son. So, We've got a family drama unfolding here, and Noah's words are keenly important when it comes to messianic prophecy. Just as Genesis 3.15 establishes the importance of tracking the lineages through the Old Testament, here in Genesis 9 we find yet another prophecy related to bloodlines. Those of you who know the biblical story, you you know that the Shemites, uh, those who descended from the line of Shem, will become the people of Israel. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all of those patriarchal figures come from Shem's line. And Japheth's line, according to Noah's words, will find their refuge in the tents of Shem. In other words, Shem has a special privilege with regards to the Lord, and that privilege is one that Japheth will partake of. And because this is messianic prophecy, we're going to see this play out across the rest of the biblical narrative. The question to ask at this point is how is Japheth going to participate in Shem's blessing? The answer, which should come as no surprise by this point, lies in the genealogy and the ongoing biblical story. Of course, this 
isn't going to be realized until the coming of Jesus, descendant of Shem. And through him, not only will Japheth and his descendants participate in the blessing of Shem, but also Ham's wayward descendants as well. Remember in John 10.16 that Jesus tells his followers that he has sheep outside of the immediate fold who would listen to his voice and be brought into the fold. Ultimately, this is given expression when the gospel goes forth to the Gentiles as part of the grace of God, and the Gentiles are brought into the fold by faith. Paul picks up on that in his letters to the Ephesians and the Romans especially. We see the gospel reach each of the three branches of Noah's descendants. Look at Acts 8, for example, where we see the Ethiopian eunuch, a descendant of Ham, come into the fold. When Jesus himself was on the earth, he even blesses a Canaanite woman, and you can read about that in Matthew 15. Now, this is the power of the gospel and the amazing love of God, that even the cursed Canaanites are eventually brought into the fold. In Acts 9, we read about the conversion of Saul, a Shemite, a Jew. And then in Acts 10, we learn about the gospel reaching Cornelius, a descendant of Japheth. So right here in Genesis 9, we find a kind of blueprint for God's ultimate plan of redemption. As Paul reminds his readers, through the gospel of Jesus, Jew and Greek, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free, all are brought into the fold. As Jesus said in John 10, one flock, one shepherd. Well, thank you for joining us on this episode of Key Messianic Prophecies. On the next episode, we'll be taking a look at the Abrahamic Covenant.